Welcome to the Ignite Church Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We pray that this message will bring you hope and ignite your faith. Now lean in and enjoy the message. So today we're going to jump into the Word of God. You know, last week, uh, last weekend actually, um, after we finished our, uh, our service here at Ignite Church, um, me and my wife were watching a movie. We watched, um, have you ever heard of the song, I Can Only Imagine by Mercy Me? So we started watching the movie. They did an actual movie called I Could Only Imagine. And it's a story behind this song. Some of my friends and family had told me a little bit about it, how great it was. So I'm like, man, I really want to see it. So we were able to put Liam down to sleep, finally. <laughs> and uh, we, we started watching this movie. Well, I don't want to get into the details of the movie, but um, I could tell you that the movie is amazing. Go out and check it out. Um, the, the synopsis of the movie is basically a child that grew up in an abusive home. You know, he grew up, uh, his father was very abusive towards his mom, towards him. He saw a lot of abuse, physical, verbal, and, and it came to the point that the mother just abandoned the child and, and, and abandoned the father. One day he gets home from a retreat. The mother drove him to a church retreat, knowing that she was going to leave him there. Uh, gets, uh, the child gets back from the retreat to find that his mom had left him, and the father tells him, she didn't want you. So blamed it on him. She, does, she didn't want you. She didn't want me. Today, we're going to talk about that word. Um, you know, it's interesting that one word could either mark your life to bless you forever or can mark your life to destroy you if you allow it. This child, a couple scenes in this movie that, that stuck to me because they spoke to me about the attitude of a father and how as parents we have to be careful of the words that we sow into our children. But also it reminded me of the words as I received probably as I was a child because you know what, we're not perfect. Our parents are imperfect and probably they told us things that weren't right, that hurt us, that still today are hurting us. And there's that word that is causing that thing in our lives. One of the things that the father said in the movie multiple times that, that really uh, stood out to me, he told the kid, dreams don't pay bills. Nothing good comes from it. All that it does, that it keeps you from all this, all that is real. Imagine a father telling that to a, a little boy, a dreamer. One of the other things that said, the little boy says, dad, I can do this. Dad, I can do this. And he says, no, you can't. And you're going to blink your eyes and you're going to realize that the life has you nowhere because you're chasing a stupid dream. How many of you have ever heard something similar to that? Or probably uh, you've heard of people that have told in other people that. Probably you're watching today and you're like, man, my dad spoke to me like that. Or my mom spoke to me. Or my husband spoke to me like that. Or my wife spoke to me. Probably there's that word. Probably it doesn't exactly mean those exact words. But there's a word that was spoken to you that has caused you pain. That has caused you, has paralyzed you from moving forward in life. Did you know that words have powers? Did you know that your words actually have power? Sometimes people say, no, words don't have power. There's an old saying that says, stick and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a complete lie. That's a complete, complete lie. I would say you need to rephrase that. Stick and stones may break my bones, but your words can destroy me. You know, because stick and stones could hurt you physically, but the words go beyond your physical. It goes into your heart. It goes into your spirit. And if you're not careful and you allow those words, those words could actually destroy you. Yeah, Proverbs 18:21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. The power of life and death are in the tip of your tongue. Amen. You could either give life or you could take life. 
Like the movie, you know, there was a little boy, he was a dreamer. He comes home, it's a very nice movie, you should watch it. And, and, and he's so excited to share, you know, what he had done, this creation. And the father sees him and tells him, dreams, you're just, don't dream. It's a waste of time. You're wasting your life. All that dreams do is that it keeps you from reality. His words started to pour into his son, discord, hurt, pain, shame. We all face challenges daily. And sometimes we're not conscious of our decisions. We're not conscious of our actions. And we don't realize that our actions sometimes become repeated actions. And we ask ourselves, why are we doing this repeatedly? Why am I constantly failing in the same thing? Why am I constantly in a cycle in life that I make the same actions? Well, if we think about it, probably you have been spoken a word upon that has hold you back or is holding you back from moving forward in life. Probably when you were younger, you were laughed at, you were mocked at. They pointed fingers at you. They picked on you. Or probably they just negatively spoke upon you. And that negativity just kept on growing and growing and growing in your life. Like the movie I saw this past weekend, it showed how parents sometimes carelessly say things to their kids out of frustration. And I know that because sometimes when I'm frustrated with my child, I don't say horrible things, but I might say something I shouldn't say to my child because I'm frustrated. And as parents, we have to be careful because we have the power to give life and death at the tip of our tongue. But not only parents, everyone in this room and everyone that is watching, you have the power to give life or death at the tip of your tongue. You could give life to your coworker or you could kill your coworker with a word. You could give life to your family or you could take life from your family with a simple word. And sometimes we think, oh, it was just, I'll, I'll just rub it off or shrug it, you know, uh, 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 shrub it off. No, there's sometimes words that stick deeper than actual actions. Yeah. Sometimes you could forgive an action, but sometimes you can't forgive a word because words have power. Amen. Words have power. You have the power to create worlds or destroy them. And in the movie, the young boy was a very adventurous, young, dreaming little boy until his father crushed his heart and his dreams. Words like, you're not worth it. You're not good enough. You would never be able to achieve it. You, look at you. You're not so smart. You're not even smart. And on and on the words go. And then you could add on to there the, that word that was spoken upon your life. Probably there is that specific word that holds you back. Probably you have been a victim of negatively spoken words, words that came out of fear, hate, anger, or simply frustration, like I said earlier. Possibly the person that spoke these words didn't even realize the connotation, the, the, the reaction that it would have in your life. They just spoke it. Let me just pause here for a moment. Look how powerful words are. How did God create the world? He spoke it into existence. He said, let there be light. He spoke life into existence. That's how powerful it is that he, the Bible says that we have that power. We could speak life or we could speak death. And, and, and sometimes people speak things and they just like, oh, I'm just playing around. But the, the other person that is listening is not really taking it as a joke. It's really destroying their life. Here today, some of us might be struggling with thoughts because of those words. And that thing that sometimes we can't even speak about, that thing that we are trying to overcome and sometimes we feel like we can't overcome may be rooted all on that word, that word. 
You know, there's stories in the Bible. There's a lot of stories in the Bible, but as I was preparing for the message today, I came upon this story that, that I've heard a bunch of times, but I didn't really see it in the light of how I'm going to share it today until I, I was coming into the understanding about that word. And the story of Mephibosheth, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but I'm going to think that I am. Mephibosheth, right? Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan, grandson of Saul. And if you go to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Jonathan's son of Saul had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. His nurse picked him up and fled, but as he hurried to leave, he fell and became disabled. Another translation says he became crippled. His name was Mephibosheth. His name was Mephibosheth. Do you know what the word, what the name Mephibosheth means? I looked it up because I'm like, man, who would name their child Mephibosheth? That's kind of like a, a tongue twister. Mephibosheth! Come over here, Mibble, 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 <laughs> you know, Mibble, Miffle, Seth, <laughs> you change so many things. I'm sorry, if your name is Mephibosheth and you're watching today, I love you in Jesus' name. Sorry, forgive me for crushing your name. Mephibosheth means from the mouth of shame. Automatically, they named their child to have shame. Did you know that names also have power? Your name means something. And to name a child from the mouth of shame. The interesting thing here that I want to come up with my first point today is that words or that word can cripple you. It says that when the news came that Jonathan, his father, and his grandfather, the king, Saul, had been killed in battle, his nurse carried him out of fear, running out of fear, and tripped and fell. The baby fell on the floor and he became crippled. Could it be... That that word that was spoken upon your life is crippling you today. Could it be that the reason why you feel inadequate, the reason why you feel handicapped is not because you are a handicapped or because you are inadequate. It's because there is a word that was spoken upon your life that is causing you to be crippled yeah. today. Listen to this. Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan, the, the grandson of Saul, meaning he was the second in line for the throne of the kingdom. He was the second in line, meaning that the moment that his father died and the moment that his grandfather died, he was the next in line to be the king. But because out of fear, fear crippled him and he ran out of fear. That word that comes to you can either cripple you or enable you. Mephibosheth was dropped out of fear as they hurried and fled because of his father. Probably for years he questioned and he said, why me? Why me? Like sometimes we ask ourselves, why me? Why do I have to go through this? Why am I struggling with this? Why, why can I advance? Why can I achieve? Why can I be better? Why, 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 why me? I want you to ask yourself instead of why me, ask yourselves, what have you allowed to be sown in your life? Because words are seeds. And if you don't cast out that fear, like the song says that we were singing about a moment ago, if you don't cast out that fear, that seed grows within you. And that word that was spoken probably out of frustration, probably out of hate, probably you didn't deserve it. You did not deserve that word, but you accepted that word. That word is now crippling you instead of enabling you. Because the same way that you have that power to uh, give life, you have that power to disable life, to take away life from someone. Someone. Man, yeah. It's interesting because 
you know, you've probably said to yourself, why can't I just move on? The beautiful thing about the story of Mephibosheth, he probably did question himself and he probably came across many people that said, oh, aren't you the son of Jonathan? Aren't you the son of Saul? Look at you, you're crippled. Like sometimes they tell you probably your dad was a great person or your mom was a great person and they look at you that you might not quote unquote be to the standard of your parents or probably your parents themselves might not see you at the standard that they want to see you and you they question you oh look at you but you're nothing like me when i was your age i had already done this and done that and those words instead of enabling you they're holding you back and that's that thing that keeps you from growing and developing into the man and woman god created you to be in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 7 and 8, we continue to read about the story of Mephibosheth. And now David is introduced to the story and says, Do not be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Look at how Mephibosheth responded. He says he bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? What is your servant? Why did he think of himself as a dead dog? Probably because of the words that were spoken upon his life. I can't get into the details of the story of Mephibosheth, but Mephibosheth, he lived in an area that was known as the nothing town. As if you lived there, you were nothing. You were a no one. And probably he grew up being the next in line as king. He grew up thinking, I am no one. I am nothing. I can't do anything because I was dropped. Because, you know, probably you weren't dropped physically. Probably you were never dropped as a baby. But probably you were dropped emotionally. Probably you were dropped in your relationships. Probably people dropped you because they spoke down on you. They degraded you. They always looked down on you. Today, I want to be that person like David that tells you God will restore to you everything that belongs to you. Amen. I love that verse because it says, for I will surely show you kindness. You know, the beautiful thing about Jesus Christ is that, yes, you probably are tagged with a bunch of tags and probably have a lot of words that have been sown upon your life, but Jesus looks beyond those words. Amen. Jesus sees beyond yeah, those tags and he says, son, I will restore to you what belongs to you. Yeah. I will give you what belongs to you. Right. The question is, how are you going to respond? to Jesus. Who am I? A dead dog? What, what, what do you see in me, Jesus? Amen. Jesus doesn't see a dead dog. He sees a son of a king. Amen. He sees a son of the king. That brings me to point number two. It says that word, that thing doesn't define you. Amen. They have been, may have spoken that word upon you. They may have done that thing to you, but that does not define you. Yeah. Jesus defines you. God defines you. And when he sees you, he sees you as a son and daughter. Amen. You know, my wife was sharing with me a testimony of a, of, of a story, actually. It's interesting because as I was preparing for this, she shared this story that coincides with this message. And it's a story of a, he's now an older gentleman sharing his testimony that he says that when he was five years old in the 1940s, his grandma would sow words into him. Now you would think a grandma was so positive words, but in reality, she was sowing words that were not positive. She was saying, I like you more like this. And I like it. And what happened is that she says, this is our secret between you and me. Don't tell your parents. And she would just pour out words of discord, pour out words of confusion, pour out words of complete 
psychological damage to the little boy. The little boy grew up thinking that he was somebody different. He grew up thinking that he was something totally different than what he was. And his parents didn't know that those words, you know, the actions that the little boy was showing were due to the words that the grandma was sowing. Let me ask you a question. As a parent, what are you sowing into your child? What are, you, what are your parents show, sowing into your children? What are you sowing into your nieces, into your nephews? What are you sowing into your co-workers? It might be the secret between you and them, but what are you sowing? Well, the story goes on to say that this man lived many years confused, had multiple relationships, had children and everything, but during all this time he was confused because of what his grandma had sown in him. Until he came to know Jesus later on, probably 70 years later that he came to know his true identity because he was free. Probably Mephibosheth was the same thing. Probably, you know, he, he knew deep inside he wasn't that person, that nothing that people said, but he was constantly struggling with the words that were being spoken upon his life. And he needed to hear someone like David remind him, I will restore to you what belongs to you. What was taken from you, I will return it double. And I love the next verse in chapter 9, the second Samuel verses 9 to 11 says, Then the king summoned Ziba and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. Let's pause it for a moment. Who was Saul? Saul was the king of Israel. He was a king of God's people. And now the king, David, is saying, I have restored to him everything that belonged to my previous king and his family. It's like you sometimes think that you can't get back what the enemy stole from you. Wow. Let me tell you something. You might not be able to get it back, but God will cause the current king or the current person or the current thing or situation return to you retroactively everything that belongs Amen. to you. Everything that belongs to you. He says, and he said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so your master's grandsons may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, I love this part, will always eat at my table. Let's skip on to verse 11. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table, and I love this part, like one of the king's sons. He went from being a crippled, nobody, rejected, probably forgotten by society, to now eating at the table of the king like a son of the king. That's the story of redemption. That's the story of what our God does. You maybe have been spoken negatively upon. You probably have that word that is holding you back. But the moment that you learn that there's a loving God, the God that loves you beyond your circumstances, beyond the things that you've done, beyond the situations, beyond your sins, because sometimes that sin is probably what's holding you back from opening your heart to Jesus and saying, Jesus, take these words that were sown into my life that have held me back, take them away from me, cast my fears upon you, Jesus. This shows us a story of redemption that our God loves you beyond that sin. Loves you beyond those circumstances. Our God will sit you at his table so you could eat like the rest of his sons. Beautiful, beautiful story. I love, love, love that story. Another story that comes up to my mind is the story of Jacob. You know, Jacob was the son of Isaac. And it's interesting, the story of Jacob, because he's a twin. He has a twin brother called Esau. And the Bible says it's the only time in the story of the Bible that it kind of like freaks me out when it's talking about birth. Because it says that when his mom was giving birth, Esau was the first one. But the moment that Esau was coming out, Jacob was holding on to his foot. 
Because if you know the story or if you know the power of being the firstborn means that the firstborn carries all of the blessing, the generational blessing comes upon the firstborn. All of the legacy falls upon the firstborn. So he's like, I'm not going to let you go. I want that blessing. And ever since, since he was born, his name Jacob means supplanter, which he was also known as a deceiver. And probably for many years, Jacob lived with that thought, I'm a deceiver, I'm a supplanter. And if you know the story of Jacob, he goes on and he steals his brother's birthrights multiple times, actually. If you go to Genesis chapter 27, verse 36, Esau is now his brother. He says, isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright and now he has taken my blessing. If you go back in the story, you, you'll see that there was a time that his father was becoming old and, and you know, and he was, he was short of sight. He didn't know. Esau was known as being a furry guy, very hairy guy. He went out and he always hunt for game. Jacob was more refined, more, more like the mama's boy. He knew how to cook, right? And the first time he stole his birthright, Esau came in hungry. And, and Jacob's like, oh, you hungry? I made some food. He's like, okay, give me some food. He's like, well, then give me your birthright and I'll give you some food. And he's like, well, I don't care about my birthright. Give me food. I'm about to die. So he stole his birthright. The second time, his father's about to give him the blessing. Now, the blessing was known as the biggest thing. This was known as whatever marked your life forever. And Isaac is old and Rachel hears, you know, Rachel's the mom hears that the dad sends Esau. Hey, Esau, go out there. Get me some food. I'm about to give you my blessing. So what does Jacob do? He's a deceiver, right? He steals what doesn't belong to him. He goes, he dresses up like Esau with furry arms. It puts on the smell of animals. He does the food for him and he sneaks in and steals the blessing. That's why Esau says, you know, isn't his name uh, rightly named Jacob? He's the second time he's taken advantage of me. You could identify yourself with Jacob because sometimes you're on the run because of something that you have done. And sometimes you, what you have done, you've thought that that thing that you did has defined who you are. In reality, it, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, the circumstance, the situations or the decisions, better yet said, that you did yesterday do not define who you are today and you will be tomorrow. Yeah. They, would just, they just speak of your past. Yeah. But your past has no power over your life. Like that word that was spoken upon you does not have power in your life. You have the power to take it and say, hey, no longer are you going to keep me captive. No longer are you going to keep me enslaved to this. I will overcome because there is a father that has a great banquet waiting for me, for me to sit down and eat at his table yeah. like his children. So Jacob goes on and, and he's and he's running and he goes on, he meets his wife, he makes fortune, etc. He becomes famous and powerful. And one day he's heading back close to home and he hears that his brother is coming. Now he's freaking out because he's thinking my brother's going to come and take my life. My brother's going to destroy me because of what I did to him many years ago. Like sometimes we think that God can't bless us because of the things that we have done. The sad part is that his brother was not coming to kill him. His brother was coming to meet him, to love on him, to care on him. Yeah. Like sometimes God comes to us and we think that God is coming to us to judge us. Yeah. There's only one time that you will be judged yeah. and it'll be the day of judgment. God is not out to judge right now. The Bible says that you judge your own self when you deny his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You, you are your own judge. Yeah. God is extending his hands with love and he's saying, come to me 
and I will give you everything that I have prepared for you. So stop judging yourself. Stop thinking that God is out there with a, with a lightning bolt, with, with a rod to hit you because of your sins. In reality, that's a lie of Satan. Those are the words that Satan himself has sown upon you. Guilt, shame, those do not come from God. That comes from the enemy. The Bible says that he did not give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit to overcome, a spirit of sound mind. You could live with peace in your life if you were to surrender those fears to God. Which brings me to point number three. Don't let that word hold you back from his word. Don't let the word that someone spoke upon you hold you back of what the word that God has spoken to you. Jacob thought, man, I, I can't, <laughs> I, I'm, my brother's going to kill me. So what did he do? He, he split his family. He said, okay, you servants go this way and you family go that way. And I will go my own way because he knew his, his brother was coming. And the Bible says that as he went on his journey in verse uh, chapter 32 of Genesis verses 24 to 30, it says, so Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him to daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said to him, let me go for it is daybreak. Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he replied. Stop right there in verse 27. Jacob is left alone. It says a man wrestled with him. The Bible um, talks, um, there's many theories of who this man was. This man, uh, many people think it was an angel. Many people think that it was Jesus personified. At that time, he came in, in a form of a man. It says that he wrestled with him. You know, sometimes you need God to wrestle with you. Or better said, there's sometimes that you're going to wrestle with God. The beautiful thing about Jacob is that while he's wrestling with us, probably there's all these thoughts raging through him. How could this be me? Why me? My brother's going to kill me. And here's this man that he's wrestling with me. And I'm tired. I don't want to live like this. I'm not going to live like this anymore like sometimes we scream has it ever happened to you that you're crazy or am I the only crazy person here in this room sometimes you're in the car and you're upset of the circumstances or situations and you just scream father God you know and you're like probably you say some other things I don't know probably you curse or you go crazy and that's okay that's you <laughs> there's no judgment on that but sometimes I go like that and I like and I'm wrestling with myself and wrestling with the thoughts that, you know, these are the negative thoughts and these are the thoughts that God has for me. And there's a constant wrestle. There's a constant war waging within my soul. And probably that's what was happening with Jacob at this moment in his life because he had received, you know what, Jacob, you're a deceiver. You're a supplanter. You're always going to be like that. Run for your life. People are going to kill you. People are going to destroy you. And that's why he's wrestling with this man. And he says that the man, he didn't let go of the man. Probably he had revelation that this man had something that he needed. I pray that today you will have revelation that God has something for you that you need. Probably you're wrestling with God. But if you're going to wrestle with God, wrestle with purpose. Just don't wrestle with God. Wrestle with purpose that you want something out of that wrestling challenge. And it says that the man touched his hip, his lip was basically dislocated and, and he's in pain and, and, and suddenly, uh, you know, it, the man says, let go of me. The, the sun is coming out. It's daybreak. And he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go until you bless me. And at that point of the story, you would think the man would say, okay, what blessing do you want? Do you want a house? Do you want a car? Do you want a family? Because those are the blessings that sometimes we think that are only blessings. 
we think of materialistic things as blessings. And if you've been listening to the message today, it's not about materialistic things. It's about that thing that holds you back from moving forward into all of those blessings. Because yeah, they are blessings, but there's so much more than just materialistic things. The man said, what is your name? What have they told you? What have you been called? What do you believe of yourself? What is it that grows, that lives within you, that helps you or motivates you or holds you from living life to the full? And he says, Jacob, my name is Jacob. I'm a deceiver. I'm a supplanter. People hate me because I steal from them. People hate me because I deceive them. People probably are after me to kill me because of circumstances I did yesterday. What is your name? My name is Jacob. That's who I am. Is it? Is it really Jacob? Is it really that? I love verse 28 says, then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob. Meaning you won't be called anymore what people have called you. You will not be called what what that word was sown in your life. Your name will be Israel because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Wow. What a powerful, powerful, powerful message. Your name will no longer be that word. Your name will no longer be that thing. From, day, from now on, you will be Israel because you struggled with man and God and have overcome. Amen. I will not let you go until you bless me. Don't let that word hold you back from his word. Yeah. Don't let that word hold you back from his word. Sometimes we're so open to the words of those who surround us. And sometimes those who surround us are the ones who are hurting us. Instead of being open to the word of that one, he who loves us. God Almighty. I don't know what struggles or situations you may be facing, but I bet you, I I could bet on it, that mostly those struggles are rooted on that word. Only you know what that word is. There might be more than one word, right? Only you know what that word is that causes that thing in your life or, or, or is causing those things or holding you back from those things that you want to achieve. Only that word is that word, that word, man. I encourage you today, probably you're watching online and you're here in this room and you know what that word is. You know what that word is. Would you surrender that word to God? In the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your battle, Would you say, God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until you change me. I'm not going to let you go until you take this from me, God. I'm not going to let you go until you do what you said in your word you would do, that you will sit me at your table so I could eat like one of your children. I am not a nobody. I have a name. My name is not Jacob. I am now Israel. I am now what God has named me and not what man has caused me to be named. I encourage you to think about that for a moment. Probably you've been struggling with God. Probably there's been a moment in your life that you said, man, I I just, I don't know. I don't know why I do these things. I don't know why I, I can't advance in life. I want you to stop thinking about the why and start thinking about the, the what. What was that word? that was sown in your life. You know what that word is. Today you have the opportunity to say, 
I choose not to let that continue controlling me. I choose that to cast out that word or cast out those fears onto God and let Him be the one to control. Let Him be the one to guide. Let Him be the one who directs. Let Him be the one to help me achieve. So I encourage you, and I encourage you in the name of Jesus to just, as you listen to the song that talks about Jesus, and the chorus says, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Repeat it. Repeat it with all your heart. Right there where you are, probably you're listening in the car, probably you're, you're online or, or at home, wherever it is. Just say Jesus under your breath. Jesus. And you'll see how Jesus comes to your rescue. Like David came to the rescue of Mephibosheth. Like the man came to the rescue of Jacob. Let's worship the Lord. Jesus!
Jesus. Right there, just say it. Say Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's worship. Jesus, Jesus. Your name is alive that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive, forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive that the shadows can deny. Your name cannot be overcome. darkness tremble Father God we worship you tonight God better yet said this morning God you know our hearts better yet you know what lies within our hearts God you know the words that we live by Words have power, we found that in your word. That we have the power to give life or take life with our words. And some people have given us life and some have taken it, God. And I pray today, God, that whatever those words are that are causing death in us, God, give us the strength to cast it out into your fire. Give us the strength to cast it out into you, Jesus. Give us the strength, Father, God, to run to you and say, God, I don't want to live like this anymore, and I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until you change me. I'm not going to let you go until you do the things that you promised to your word that you would do in my life, God. And I'm not going to let these words anymore hurt me. I'm not going to let these words anymore hold me back, God. Yes, God. God, we need you. Probably there's someone today, God, is, is depressed because they have received word after word after word from someone they, they looked up to because someone they loved God, but that person just used their words carelessly and have sown, Lord, hurt, pain through their words, God. I pray right now, God, that you would remove those words and that you would sow your words of love. Probably there's someone watching today that you are struggling with depression. I came to sow love into you today, reminding you what God says of you. You are my daughter. That even though you might find yourself in darkness, I surround you with my light. Amen. I love you beyond your wildest dreams. What you did does not define you. What you're doing today does not hold you back from me because I go beyond those limits to love you. I gave my son Jesus Christ on that cross to die for you because I love you. Because I love you and i will continue to love you every single day every moment of your life because you belong to me 
I love you. Probably there's someone today that is watching that you have so much fear because of the circumstances in your life. There might be so many circumstances that you're facing. I came to tell you that God loves you. That no matter what the circumstances are, He remains seated on His throne as faithful and says, if you come to me, I will take that burden from you. If you were just to release it unto me, I will give you my peace. So I encourage you today, release it unto God. Release it and trust that He knows best, that He will not give you a word that will hurt you, but that He will give you a word that will strengthen and guide you and bless you. Probably you've been told your whole entire life, you're a nobody. I want to take that word from you today and say you are somebody. And you're not just anybody. You are unique. You are precious. You are important to God. Because God didn't die for others. He died for you too. Don't exclude yourself from what God has for you. Because God loves you. He cares for you. If he didn't, he would have not given you life today. You are breathing because he still has a plan and purpose for your life. God loves you and God has a plan and purpose for your life. Probably you're watching today and say, man, I, I, I don't know what I need to do. You don't have to do anything. You just got to trust God. It's not steps. There's not a book that you have to read, 10 steps, how to be a better person or how to get right or how to kick out these words. It's starting at the simple task or simple decision, better yet said, of saying, Jesus, I need you. I can't without you. Like the song said, Jesus, 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 your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. Shadows disappear when Jesus shows up. Probably you've been living under the shadows your whole entire life because of those words that were sown into your life. Bring Jesus today and let him cast out those shadows. Let him cast out that darkness and let his light shine. If that's you today, say, man, I want to, I want to take that first step. I want to say, Jesus, I need you. Would you say this prayer with me? Would you say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I can't live without you. This crazy preacher is saying that you're the only way for this darkness to flee. And crazy as it sounds, God, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to believe that you will take it from me. So I open my life to you. And I ask you, Jesus, to come in and shine your light. And do, the only, do what only you can do in my life. And change me for your glory. Thank you for your love, Jesus. I accept it today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you did that prayer, I want to hear from you. Send us an email at info at churchignite.com. Message us on Facebook. Send us a message on Instagram. Whatever, whatever way you could communicate it with us. Let us know because I want to pray for you personally as well. We're attentive to be praying for you, believing together with you for God to move in your life. We have seen already miracles in the past of prayers being answered as we pray. And we believe that and we continue to believe that prayers will be answered in Jesus' name. Until next time, God bless. The best is yet to come. At Ignite, we count it a blessing to engage each week with supporters just like you. If you were blessed by today's word, subscribe to our podcast and share it with someone you know. 
We believe in spreading the message of Jesus like a wildfire. Thank you for your support and be sure to check us out on any of our social media platforms at Church Ignite. Until next time, be blessed and remember the best is yet to come.